Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 136, Eating Atmosphere. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. What's up, Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I, I really almost forgot the intro there. Like I got I got into it. It's it's like one of those muscle memory things where if I think about what I'm saying, I forget what I'm saying. No, and I was actually worried you were going to jump to me while I was eating a cookie. You know, I, I brought up a uh, chocolate chip cookie for the episode, and I thought Pete heard me break off a piece of it and he was going to throw it right back to me when we talked about eating atmosphere so anyway here we are i'm glad pete did not forget the intro i'm glad it didn't mess with me while i was trying to eat the cookie we're going to talk about best atmospheres at restaurants yeah now was that a disney cookie that you're eating or no just a regular cookie no it's it's not it's a uh it's a homemade cookie for my wife which is better than a disney cookie better than any disney cookie really um i mean it's up there. I mean, she makes some of the best chocolate chip cookies ever because I'm one of those guys who prefers to eat a chocolate chip cookie with like a spoon, so where it's like half made. And my wife, she actually makes what, what we call crownies, so it has like a combination of brownie a and brownie chocolate in the middle. chip cookie yeah, in it. Yeah, those are good. So I, I'm very spoiled. Um, now, have you had the, the Chick-fil-A cookies? I've eaten a lot of things at Chick-fil-A, including their mac and cheese, which I think is fantastic, but I have not had the cookies. So they're kind of, uh, they're like oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Uh, they're, I think they're phenomenal, especially if you warm them up a little bit. Combining two of my favorite things, oatmeal cookies and, and chocolate chip cookies. I'll yeah. have to try that. I, fortunately, uh, it's not going to be Sunday tomorrow. So I'll, I'll give that a try at the local Chick-fil-A. You know, they're, they're, they remind me a little bit of the Double Tree cookies, except they have, they have oatmeal in them too. They're pretty good. So the Double Tree cookies have they have nuts in them, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my. I don't issue think Chick. So I don't think the Chick Fil A ones do. Every time I go to the Double Tree in Disney Springs area, they said you want cookies. I always take them. I'm not going to eat them, but I have them for the room to eat them. So I have never gotten a cookie from that Double Tree, if you can believe it. Well, in in uh, in September, if you skip over from the Polynesian, you can have a cookie at that Double Tree. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. No, you're not. Well, no, you're not. No, you're, you're right. I'm not. I'm going to, I'm going to probably order Ohana room service if I'm, if I'm honest. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about eating atmosphere. We're talking about the best, the restaurants with the best atmosphere at Walt Disney World. Before we do that, let's, uh, let's dive into the news for this week. And I don't, we didn't do news last week, so I don't know if we really hit, uh, hit this so but this is a big deal september 8th park hours are being drastically reduced and we may have talked about this once already but if not so magic kingdom will be open from 9 a.m to 6 p.m instead of 9 a.m to 7 p.m epcot will be open 11 a.m to 7 p.m instead of 11 a.m to 9 p.m hollywood studios will be open 10 a.m to 7 p.m instead of 8 p.m and then animal kingdom will close at five o'clock Instead of six o'clock, they will be actually be opening an hour later as well. So nine to five instead of eight to six. Uh, price tickets, of course, pricing for tickets, of course, has not changed. So you're still paying full price for these these uh, shortened experiences. Look, I did the math on this. You're paying like fifteen bucks an hour to be at Disney right now. No one is surprised that you did the math on this. I'm shocked you broke it down by hour and not by minute. I'll, I'll do that later. But what I did want to say and what I did want to mention is that I, I was looking at uh, dining reservations, specifically for the day at um, our day at Magic Kingdom. And so like Magic Kingdom closes at six, you can still get like a BR guest reservation at like 6.30, 6.45. You can get an Ogas reservation for after the park closes. So, I mean, this may be an opportunity to stay in the park a little bit later and kind of eke out... Uh, Eek out all the magic you can. You know what? That's actually pretty cool. I mean, I'm always for staying in the park past closing where possible. 
you know, I always say jump in a, a, a queue right there 10 minutes for park close. So you get to walk out of an empty Magic Kingdom especially. Uh, so that's a nice little tip there, Pete. And going along with the restaurant, um, there will be something at coming soon to my Disney experience that is going to show wait times for walk up uh, walk up dining at restaurants. So like if you don't have a, a dinner reservation, it'll actually tell you, hey, there's a there's a 20 minute wait to eat at Be Our Guest tonight. So that's kind of nice. You don't have to actually walk over to the restaurant and put your name in. That's definitely nice. And that makes me feel a little bit more like Disneyland because you don't have to have a, a reservation. You know, I mean, you may still, but maybe it gives a potential to feel like Disneyland. They, uh, they added more availability uh, for park passes for annual pass holders in August and September. So there is actually a little bit of availability at Hollywood Studios now. I don't think you can get it on the weekend still, but they do have some availability during the week. Yeah, Pete, that was one of the items I was going to hit on. I, I've got a few more, too, if you want me to run through them. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this this past week, we, we saw Epcot's entrance redesign hit a what I would consider a major milestone. They debuted part of its main entrance plaza redesign with the addition of the newly reimagined fountain that pays homage to the original park logo. Project is definitely still ongoing, but it looks pretty freaking impressive. Uh, it definitely brings a fresh a fresh energy and sight to the park. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And this is in no particular order from a park standpoint, but I did notice that actors have returned to Walt Disney World uh, soon after the free COVID-19 testing was announced for cast members. So, you know, you think of Disney's Animal Kingdom, specifically you had Nemo as as a show there. Well, they're going to provide free tests for the cast members and their families, and Disney is providing testing for all employees. Um, so that's good to see the folks like Beauty and the Beast live, Finding Nemo, Festival of the Lion King, uh, and other shows. I don't know the, the exact date when the shows will return, but it seems like it'll be in the near future now that the cast members are kind of back uh, with the free COVID nineteen testing. So, th- and, and this is this is all the uh, all the cast members that were members of Actors Equity, which is which is the majority of well, actually I think all the actors in the shows. Now, I have talked to one cast member in particular that that is a performer, he has not gotten any kind of callback yet. So they are, I, I know that they've announced that they're planning on it, but don't look for this to happen like next week or next month. This is going to be a process. So Pete, I had two more items from the news front, one at Disney Springs and one um, kind of related to Disney's Animal Kingdom. But on the Disney Springs front, did you see that AMC is set to reopen? Yeah, for fifteen cents a uh, a ticket on their on their first day. A movie. Uh, this I think it's August twentieth. So by the time this episode releases, it will be uh, just a couple days away. I mean, I think that's it's kind of cool, but it's a little crazy. The movies I've seen that they're going to have there are Black Panther, Beauty and the Beast, Back to the Future, Grease, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Emperor Strikes Back, uh, and then starting August twenty first, guests can buy tickets for these movies for five dollars each. Um, so that's kind of cool if you if you're feeling adventurous or dangerous and you want to go to a movie, have at it uh, at the AMC Disney Springs Theater. Last piece of news I had: the reason I said it's kind of it's it's kind of Animal Kingdom related. Uh, it looks like a new show spotlight in Animal Kingdom is coming to Disney Plus next month, uh, September 28th. A new eight part docu series special named Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom from National Geographic will debut on Disney Plus. It'll give guests an all-access pass to explore the magic of the nature within Animal Kingdom's theme park, Animal Kingdom's Lodge, and the seas with Nemo and Friends at Epcot. This is a big deal to me because I absolutely love park content. Um, I blew through the Imagineering story. I blew through anything related to, you know, one day at Disney, the little shorts, anything that shows me Disney parks, even even other Disney. It doesn't have to be Disney World, but it really hits home when it's Disney World. You know, I blow through that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited for this. If I had to guess, it will not release all eight episodes on that day. It'll probably be like a weekly a weekly release. Uh, that's just my guess. I, I could be totally wrong on that. So a couple other things, and I don't know if we talked about this at all. I, I don't remember if we did or not. Rise of the Resistance got struck by lightning on August 11th and was shut down the remainder of that day and the following day. Now, the ride is back open and operating now, but apparently it fried some internal components and... Look, if this happens to me, I'm, I mean, somebody really, really hates Bob JPEG. 
I mean, first they've got it. You've got a plague that got unleashed, and now they're striking his crown jewel attraction with lightning. Like somebody's really got it in for old old Chapek. Dude, and Cinderella, Cinderella Castle got struck by lightning too. Yeah, yeah. So be glad that you're not the lightning rods at the top of those attractions. So a couple couple things on the annual passes. Obviously, the deadline to cancel your annual pass has come and gone. That was on the 11th. Disney did extend the hours for, and I mean, I know that people were people were waiting on hold like for three, four, five hours, like past midnight to get to talk to a cast member about canceling their annual pass. I think they're still allowing modifications due to unique circumstances, and namely if you couldn't get through. But uh, but that deadline has come and gone. Hopefully we see annual pass sales resume sooner rather than later. I'm still kind of waiting on tenterhooks for that. And going along with that, I did see something really, really interesting Universal Studios is doing. They are offering their annual pass holders the uh, a, a free ticket for a guest. Now, now, they used to give free tickets to Halloween Horror Nights, but that's obviously been canceled this year. So they're giving guests a free ticket, or they're giving annual pass holders a free ticket to bring a guest in. That's pretty cool. You won't see Disney World do that, buddy. I I agree. Um, what else? What I had one news item that just came over, literally, while you were talking. You were talking about being able to get a reservation at Be Our Guest after the park closes at 6 p.m. So beginning September 8th, that will, that will happen. So Be Our Guest and Liberty Tree Tavern will seat guests until 7 p.m., and then in Hollywood Studios, which is closing at 7 p.m. beginning September 8th, uh, 50s Prime Time will seat people until 8. Ogas will seat guests until 8. And Sci-Fi Dining will seat guests until 8. So, Pete, I'm talking kind of uh, on the air about this, but do we need to rethink our dining plans that night and see if we can get a late-night Ogas? Well, I mean, we right now we have a 9 o'clock reservation at, at Topolino's. I mean, I don't see any reason why we can't get an get an eight o'clock or a seven fifty ogas. A, a seven? How about like a seven thirty ogas? And then or seven thirty? Yeah, spend forty five minutes for and an, go to Topolinos. And then go over to Topolinos. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, anyway, I, I I think so. As we as we learn more on on what that looks like in other parks, we'll let you know. So what else? Just a couple other things. Uh, Tambu Lounge is is uh, is reopened, and that is the. Uh, that's the lounge at the Polynesian, right outside of uh, right outside of Ohana, right. Hopefully, this, hopefully Trader Sam's follows quickly soon. I, I mean, I, disappointing if it's not open when we go, but we'll uh, we'll deal either way. Uh, and then Stormalong Bay, which is the uh, which is the pool at Yacht and Beach Club, will be reopened next week. Disney World hotels are no longer offering late checkout. Some people were using this. They were staying until I think Disney would extend it until one o'clock or two o'clock, which I think a lot of people would go to the park, shower, you know, come back, shower, and then leave. They're not doing this anymore. They say it's because of enhanced cleaning protocols. So be that, take that as you will. But eleven o'clock, you have to be out of your room now. And then finally, the last thing I have: Magic Kingdom is completely booked on Halloween for annual pass holders already. So don't plan on going to Magic Kingdom Halloween. For some reason, Halloween's booked, even though there's no not so scary. I actually think we have we have a reservation for Halloween. Do you really? My wife and I don't remember why she wanted to go, but she did. I actually asked her last night if I could cancel the hotel reservation that weekend because we're we're just we're booking up a ton of different stuff for next year right now. And I'm going through my reservations right now. I'll tell you if I have one. Hold on. Yeah, I do. Uh, Magic Kingdom, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday. It's because it's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. All right, well, that's all I've got. Anything else? That's it for me. All right, good deal. Well, with that, let's uh, pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. 
a Disney featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Eating atmosphere. Tom, do you feel okay about this list that I've put together, despite the fact that you had almost no involvement in it? I try to be really fair with this. So, I guess it just depends which route we're going to go here. This was another suggestion we had from listeners. You know, we had to build this list, essentially from a pre-COVID standpoint. And... If we're going to go the route that I think we're going to go, I'm okay. I'm okay with the eating atmosphere here because as we've talked in the past, there are some restaurants, and you'll probably hear them as repeat restaurants here, but there are some where we're not going to rave about the food. We're going to talk about the atmosphere and the reasons that restaurant may be worth eating at. Yeah, and and, and I'm looking at these restaurants. When I put this list together, strictly from an atmosphere standpoint, I'm not I'm not taking the food into account at all. Um, strictly the atmosphere. So what you see in the, in the restaurant, you know, the ambiance in the restaurant, the wait staff, any characters present, any, anything like that, I'm considering atmosphere for the restaurant. The food, not so much. Well, you know, one item I want to add, at least I will add this, for the restaurants that I've actually dined at, I'll say if the food's good or not. Like, I, it's not going to it's not going to distinguish my opinion of eating atmosphere because that's a totally different category. But if I have had the opportunity and the chance to eat there, I'll tell you if I enjoyed my meal or if I enjoyed multiple meals. There's some restaurants here I've eaten at quite a bit. And uh, that'll kind of play into this episode a little bit. But again, not going to not going to influence the rankings, not going to influence my overall opinion. I'm just going to say, "Hey, I like this atmosphere and I like the food or I dislike the atmosphere but the food's okay." Okay, where do you want to start on this list? So I'm kind of, I'm one of those that wants to go bottom to top, and this is not a list as a 1 to 10. Uh, Pete just kind of listed 10 or 11 restaurants, so I'm going to start with with uh, the bottom here. It's a restaurant I've been to, California Grill. I think I've talked about it quite a bit as far as having one of the better atmospheres at Disney one thing I will note, and we discussed this on, I, I believe, our Patreon episode. If I could change something, it would be that we have all window seats and there's no one in the middle that doesn't have, uh, you know, a, you know, everyone has a window view because you can see almost all four parks from California Grill. You certainly can see the fireworks show from Epcot and from Magic Kingdom here. Obviously, the, the highlight is seeing the fireworks show in the Magic Kingdom. And when my wife and I ate there for anniversary, we did not have a window table. But we didn't, one, we didn't request it. And two, we went at like 5.30 because we wanted to go into the parks ourselves and enjoy the rest of our evening. Outside of that, atmosphere is great. Service is great. You want to talk about a Disney magical moment? I didn't tell them this beforehand, but it was our anniversary trip. They asked us, were we there for an occasion? We said anniversary. And they brought, you know, uh, stickers, pins, champagne, dessert, all in the all in the Disney tab. We didn't pay for any of it. it. They really made it a magical moment. And the wait staff was aware of what we were celebrating and made sure that we had the, you know, 10 out of 10 service, 10 out of 10 experience. Food was fantastic. Uh, again, that's an aside from an atmosphere, but overall California grill probably has one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen at Disney world. And the reason I put this on the, on the list here is because I think that out of all the restaurants at Disney world and, and there are several that you have the opportunity to watch fireworks from. I think California Grill is is the best. You know, if, if you want a fireworks view, I think this is where you go. Everything else, you know, just just is is secondary to that in my opinion. But I agree the the service contributes to that. It's a nice restaurant. The the uh, 
you know, if if you look at uh, if you look at theming, there's really not a whole lot of theming in this restaurant, right? It's it's more of just kind of an upscale restaurant look. You know, it's it's not like some of the restaurants that we'll talk about that are very heavily themed, but you don't really need that here because you do get that. I mean, you you've got this great, gorgeous view, and then when the fireworks happen, it's it's even more beautiful. I think you hit the nail on the head, Pete. Nail on the head there. All right, well, let's move on to the next restaurant on the list here. And I think that this is the lone quick service restaurant that I actually have on the list. There were probably a couple more that uh, that could have made the cut, but this is Satuli Canteen at uh, at Pandora, the world of Avatar. I, I Look, I mean, you've heard Tom and I talk about this restaurant a lot on this podcast. We love the food here. And I think we would both agree that this is the best quick service meal you're going to get, not only at Animal Kingdom, but also likely at Walt Disney World. I think there are very few restaurants that come close to Satuli Canteen in really paying for what you get. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but I think the quality of the food is representative of that. But let's go to the restaurant itself. Look, it looks like this is a a barracks that was plucked right out of the movie and, and dropped into place. I like the fact that this restaurant is is never very crowded, which is which is super nice. There's a ton of seating both both indoors and outdoors. And again, it's a continuation of that sort of Pandora theme. I mean it, it looks lived in, it looks old. It looks like it's been here for a long time. So it it, it really just fits in with, with the world of uh of Pandora. Now, I have not eaten at Docking Bay at uh, Galaxy's Edge yet. I expect to here here coming up very soon. And so I would expect that to have a similar atmosphere, but but for me right now, I think this is the the best atmosphere you're going to get at a quick service restaurant uh, at at Disney World. So I would echo all of that. You know, I I think uh aside from the fact the food's really good, you can see the chicken being grilled. I mean, you, you can walk right past the glass structure that uh, the Disney cast members are in and, and grilling the chicken. I think Pete hit the nail on the head. If you look at the menu, if you look at some of the sh- – like like the uh, presentation of the food, it feels very Pandora-ish. I think to like the cheeseburger pods and the desserts here, if you look up in the sky, if you've seen the movie Av- – uh, the Avatar movie, you're, you're certainly – you know, you'll be reminded of what they sleep in each night. That's right above you. It does look lived in. It feels lived in. It doesn't smell lived in, which is probably a pleasant thing. And then on top of that, I mean, this is not swaying my opinion at all. I've eaten at Docking Bay 7. I think uh, Satuli does it better. And I think the food's better. Which, again, does not sway my opinion. I'm just giving I'm just giving you all the facts about each restaurant. I think the food's pretty good here. The next one we talk about, I'm going to say the food sucks. So... I, I do want to, uh, real quick, before we move on to the next one, kind of as as part of an honorable mention here, I want to bring up Ronto Roasters because I think Ronto Roasters does an excellent job, you know, similar, similarly capturing that, that Star Wars vibe and that Star Wars feel. Ronto Roasters doesn't have a whole lot of options when it comes to food, but it's a really, really well-designed and, and well-themed restaurant. And, and the food items fit. And it really does feel like you're in the in the Star Wars universe. So I, I, I want to kind of bring that up as an honorable mention uh, to go along with Satuli. If you're talking quick service, eating atmosphere, you know, with this, I'm going to throw one more in, honorable mention. Oga's is another one where you talk about atmosphere. And that, that one probably it should have been on our list. It's not on our list, which is fine. But I think as you, as you look at Rana, you know, Rana Roasters and you look at Oga's, they would fit pretty squarely into a top 10 type list. So next on the list, I have a lot of experience here. I, I First off, I want to say I absolutely love the restaurant. I love the atmosphere here. I have said on our Patreon, there's a way you could retheme it. If you if you want to kind of know what, what we suggested there, always check out our Patreon. Uh, what is it? Mendu, WDW slash Patreon, right? Patreon.com slash Mendu, WDW. You see, Pete. Pete is uh, Pete knows all the details there. But yeah, if you want to hear kind of how I'd retheme this restaurant, you can check out our Patreon. But Sci-Fi Dine-In, 
atmosphere is unbelievable. You know, you're sitting in old-timey cars at a drive-in movie theater watching drive-in movies. Now, the food probably leaves a little bit to be desired, but again, this is not about the food. It's about the atmosphere, and there's a reason you can't find a, even a lunch reservation here. It's a tough it, – it, it is one dining credit, so it, that's – you know, let's factor that in. If you have a party of four – you're going to be split up into two rows, both facing the theater. So parents, I would suggest you sit in the back row and let your kids sit in the front row so you can watch all the misbehavior that may happen. As a former kid in this situation, I know that's what my parents did, and I definitely misbehaved, but it's an it's an unbelievably themed restaurant. Yeah, I think so too. I, I like this restaurant. It, it feels you know, similar to another restaurant. We'll get to it. It feels like you're outside at a at a drive-in theater watching movies the food does leave something to be desired you know this is almost you've seen the movie pulp fiction right it's similar to the um what's the restaurant jackrabbit slims i guess in in pulp fiction it's it's similar to that vibe you know you've got kind of a 50s uh 50s vibe to it i mean i guess 50s prime time is uh is really the more appropriate analogy there but it's but it's it continues that vibe so yeah i think the i think the atmosphere here is great um the only tough thing for me here is is the cars and and how people are seated in the cars because you're right you're you know we looked at potentially having lunch here as a party of three and you've got two people sitting in the front row and one person sitting in the back row and it doesn't work real well a family of four i mean you've got two people sitting together and two people sitting together why not turn them around and have them face each other? I guess then you missed the movie. Right? So the seating leaves a little bit to be desired, but I, but I do think this is a great uh, great example of, of a well-themed restaurant. And it is one of the more, more desirable restaurants at Hollywood Studios, despite the fact that the food is just so-so. I mean, you can get a cheeseburger here that's pretty good, but it's the same cheeseburger you're going to get... Uh, down the street at the ABC commissary. All right, so let's go to over to Epcot. I guess uh, Skyliner to Epcot to Beer Garden. Now this is the uh, this is the restaurant at the Germany Pavilion. You've you've not been here before, correct, Tom? No, I was going to tell you 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 can have this one all day long, and I'll take the next one because I I have not been to Beer Garden. So I have eaten at Beer Garden twice now. Uh, once was with my family on. Christmas Eve, actually. And the second time was with my wife. Now, the first time with my family, we were seated by ourselves. The restaurant was packed. The second time with my wife, we were actually seated at a table with somebody else. And that's they'll tell you that when you when you uh, when you show up. Hey, and, and I don't know if they're doing this anymore, but you know, we're gonna seat you with with another party. Is that okay? But but basically this is a big Summerfest celebration. There's an Upa band. There's people playing bells. There's what are the big you know the big like horns that they play? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you I, see, like, I don't. I really don't. I mean I dude, I know I know very little about this pavilion outside of the app fell shot that I just knock out when I go to Germany. <laughs> it's a fun atmosphere. Uh, I mean, pretty much this is a buffet. It's all German food. So lots of bratwurst and sausages and you know, cabbage, typical German food. And then giant mugs of beer. I mean, I there were mugs of beer that I had trouble picking up. And I loved every minute of it. But great atmosphere, fun atmosphere. Everybody's excited. It's loud. It's uh, People are singing. Everybody's doing the ziggy-zaggy. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Strongly, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is your cup of tea because A, you don't like German food, and B, you're not a beer drinker. But... You know the atmosphere itself is is worth experiencing, and it and it's sad that that it, you know you have to eat here to experience it. There's no just popping in for a drink or anything like that. You really do have to make a reservation and, and eat here to experience it. One of my hopes through all this COVID stuff is that this becomes a pop in type place. You know, I've I've talked about on the Patreon where you uh, go to you look at France for example, and you, you turn it all into like a walk up wine bar you know, with some food options, keep what they have, maybe keep a little bakery. I I kind of feel that way here where you change this into a, 
a walk-in type opportunity because right now you're right. I mean, you have to have a reservation. And and if uh, you have people like me who don't like German food or beer, I'm never going to make a reservation here, even though I'd probably have fun. But no, I, I think Beer Garden's uh, atmosphere speaks for itself. And Pete, you're not you're not in the minority. I mean, a lot of people love this place. And it's not it's not some place that's really hard to get a reservation to because it's a it's a very big restaurant, but it is typically pretty crowded. Right, and I, and I mean, I I guess it'll be interesting to see how this because this was a all you care to eat or buffet, right? So it'll be interesting to see what this looks like in the future. But from an atmosphere standpoint, if it remains the same, we're, we're talking to me what I hear you describe like a rose and crown type atmosphere, you know, that kind of fun. Now, switching over to a restaurant that I'm familiar with, I talk about it all the time, Coral Reef. Uh, it, it's uh, it's not a loud or rambunctious atmosphere. It's really unique. I mean, you're sitting there at the base of the large, one of the largest saltwater aquariums in the world. And if you get a tank table, I mean, you have every type of fish and shark swimming by you during your entire meal. I partially feel bad for eating seafood during this because uh, I don't want them to see their friends on my plate. But <laughs> other than that, I think I th- the service is really, really good when we went. I know from a, if you look at reviews, it's pretty hit or miss on both service and food. The waiter and waitress team that we kind of had handling our table was fantastic. The hostess, you know, gave me an accurate wait time of an additional 15 to 20 minutes to get a tank table. We landed the table and... It was a really unique experience. We, we you can't you can't find anywhere else at Disney. And so, what, I, what's the only thing you wish would come back? I mean, the divers. We we had a whole spiel about this on the on the uh, Patreon episode. It would be nice to see the divers come back. Pete actually suggested that the divers uh, maybe, maybe they have some tuna floating around or some salmon, and and they catch your fish for you. <laughs> You pick yeah, out, kind of, you, you know, it's like it's like Red Lobster. You you pick out which uh, you pick your lobster, which fish you want to eat, and they catch it yeah. for you. No, but I mean, all kidding aside, it, it's a, it's not a um, it's not really an atmosphere as we like we've discussed in the last four restaurants, but it's so much more unique than those that uh, that I'm a big fan of it. And I, I know Pete, it's been it's probably been years since you've been here, and it does, the reviews aren't the best, but I, I would say. You talk about eating atmosphere. This one caught me hook, line, and sinker. No pun intended. Yeah, it's been a long. It's been a long time since I've been there, and like you said, the reviews are really hit or miss. Like you get some people that go in and have just an absolute incredible experience with the with the wait staff and the quality of the food, and then you get some people that go in there and they feel like they were ignored and their food was cold and it just it wasn't good. So really, two different worlds almost, but. But I think we can both definitely agree that this this uh, restaurant is. I mean, the atmosphere here is amazing. If you want to, if you want dinner and a show, this is really dinner and a show because everything's constantly in motion right uh, right outside where you're dining. Particularly if you get a tank side table. All right, I I put this restaurant on the list. Tom, we had a bad experience here, and and probably won't go back for a while. And in, in fact, I think. Uh, I think I asked if you wanted to try to eat here on the next trip, and uh, I think I got shut down pretty uh, pretty quickly. But but this is a Garden Grill at Epcot, and the reason I put this on here it's it's unique, right? It's a rotating restaurant. It rotates above the land. You do get views of the land, which is cool. It's a character. It's a character uh, meal, which. You know, character meals are hit or miss for me. I'm not, uh, I'm not crazy about them. I, I don't really have a preference when it comes to character meals. But I think this restaurant is unique in the fact that, yeah, it does rotate, and you do get that view of the land. So I have to, I have to eject the fact or or uh, turn it away out of my mind that there was a massive hair in one of the dishes we ordered here. Massive hair pretty gross and Disney did nothing about it. However, from an atmosphere standpoint, I mean, I, I think if I had to replace this with one to be Oga's, right? Like I could take this out and, and slot Oga's in. I could take this out and slot Trader Sam's in, but we're not going to do that. We're, we're kind of talking restaurants. I think Garden and Grill provides a lot of, a lot of positives. You know, aside from our experience, 
I've been to that restaurant 15 plus times in my life, which isn't a ton on a sample size. It's a lot for a Disney restaurant though. And I've only had one slightly negative experience, you know, that while they didn't do anything other than take it back and replace it with a bowl of fruit without a hair in it, at least that's better than nothing. And, you know, we're not talking about the food. We're talking about the atmosphere. And I've always thought this rotating restaurant was so freaking cool. You know, I, I think that as a kid, I can remember looking over the edge, waiting for the characters to meet and greet. I kind of, it moves so slowly. You may get a couple rotations during your meal, if that. So it's not like you're spinning astral orbiter speed. You're not going <laughs> to throw up the food you ate. And yeah. I, I think from a location standpoint, we talk about that. The wait staff's great. And then you walk right out, and what are you near? You're, you're near living with the land. No, I'm just kidding. You're near Soren, right? You can go ride Soren. <laughs> if, they, if they open it. And we've done this several times. We've recommended this on the podcast before. I don't know that we're recommending it anymore because of our last experience. But yeah, you're... You're right there at Living with the Land, Soren. You can hop right on, be the first in line, and, and get to your next attraction. So, yeah, I think I think this fits. I think the quality of the food has gone downhill here uh, in, in recent years, but but I do think it's cool here too that you know the the food that they cook is from the land, right? I mean, they they do source their food from the land, so you're looking at the food you're eating. Yeah, that's probably an, a little different than Coral Reef. That is uh, that's an underrated <laughs> that's an underrated aspect, right? We t- the living with the land does source a lot of the food for other restaurants, but you know for sure what you eat is coming from there for Garden Grill. And I kind of joked that hey, you can ride that afterward, but no. If you want to talk to your kids about you know the uh, agriculture and 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 uh, crops and farming. Good opportunity here. Good opportunity here. Now, the next restaurant that we want to talk about is also in Epcot. And this is one I want to spend a little bit of time on because I'm so passionate about the atmosphere here. And I'm so distraught about the food. San and Hell in in yeah. the Mexico Pavilion. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I would never eat here. Okay. I, I would not eat here. But Pete, you spend like 20% of your Epcot time within the vicinity of this restaurant, which is in one large indoor facility. Correct. A pyramid is, is what, what they would call that. You're, you're inside of the pyramid. So why you wouldn't eat here because of the food, correct? Yeah, I mean, the, this this food is... I mean, I mean, I've had better Mexican food, like, leftovers from two days before that I pulled out of my refrigerator. Which is fine. We're not talking about the food here. We're talking about the atmosphere. I, I agree. I this agree. made... You know, this is top four on your list. I know we didn't rank these, but this this is up here. I mean, you obviously thought about this as a priority when you listed this one to one to uh, ten or eleven or whatever. Why? Well, I mean, this this is Walt Disney World's Blue Bayou, right? I mean, this is prime real estate for a restaurant. First off, you're in the Mexico Pavilion. You're kind of in that perpetual twilight inside the the Mexico Pavilion, right? So so. Look at the backdrop that you've got. Below you, you've got a, you know, a Mexican marketplace. Behind you, you've got some more pyramids and a volcano. And off to the side, you've got a ride going by. You've got boats going by on the uh, what's that ride called? Three Caballeros ride. The Grand Fiesta. Grand Fiesta tour. There you go. Grand Fiesta tour. So the atmosphere here is, I mean, second to none. And then they got to ruin it with the food. And the food is so bad that it overrules the atmosphere, in my opinion. This is going to sound like a wild take. Like, you could charge me. I, From an atmosphere standpoint, I think this is a better atmosphere than La Cellier. But unfortunately, the food is not very good. So, and I, let me let me just remove the food. I'm just trying to give you an honest opinion. The food's not good, so don't book this. But if we're going to eat atmosphere, this is top three, top four at Disney World. It, it may be, you know, depending on price range, all that kind of jazz, you are in a prime spot in Epcot. You're in the World Showcase, very authentic. You look around, you have an attraction on one side, you have a market on the other. You have beautiful music, great lighting. There's a ton going for this restaurant, but I have to be straight up with you. I will never eat here because the food is not very good. If Even if they put a bar in here, 
like like a La Cava-like bar. They could take out half this restaurant. Because unlike most of the other restaurants at Epcot, you will never see this restaurant full. So they could honestly take out half this restaurant and put a bar in here, similar to La Cava. Hell, they could move La Cava into half of this restaurant, and it would be the most successful restaurant slash bar in the World Showcase. Only because people would go in, they'd get a margarita and get the chips and the tri- you know the trio of dips, the queso, the mild salsa, and the guacamole. They could turn the entire area into that, and it would stay packed. It would stay packed. But unfortunately, you have La Cava where it's at, uh, which is a very small venue inside of the Mexico Pavilion. And then you have this massive space for San San and Helen, and it's a fantastic space. But the reason you're going to look and see a ton of empty tables is because the food's not very good. It has nothing to do with the service, nothing to do with the atmosphere, nothing to do with the cast members participating in this. Disney has just not... Our Disney's decided to not uh, prioritize what they're offering from a food standpoint. Which really and is you can get bad. away with that in some restaurants and atmospheres that maybe we're going to talk about in a minute. You cannot get away with that here. No, and and this is not a this is not a secret, right? That the food's bad here. This is a this has been a well known thing how bad the food is here. I mean, ever since I can remember, the food's been bad here, and I think they redid the menu at some point, but. It didn't help. So going to a, a restaurant, I, I try to be positive. Well, we lo- I, well, I love the atmosphere. I love the resort, and I love the food, at least the food pre-COVID, you know, buffet. What, what's that going to look I don't know. Uh, Chef Mickey's. So Chef Mickey's, very similar to Garden Grill. You're going to have the opportunity to meet a ton of characters. Well, kind of the Fab Five from a character standpoint. I think the atmosphere itself is fantastic. I think the waiters and waitresses, you know, the cast members are part of this restaurant, do a really good job. And then I, as a child, at least, if, you, if you're a parent listening to this, there's nothing cooler to me, or at least when I was a kid, as a monorail coming straight through the middle of a hotel. You know, open ends to contemporary and a monorail drive straight through the middle of it. Uh, I think straight down the middle of Main Street. You at, that, That's just in my head right now. But... No, I mean, Chef Mickey's is probably a favorite restaurant of mine. My wife has, has often talked me out of making a reservation here because it really, the food probably doesn't blow you away. I do think their breakfast is probably one of the best on property. And I think their dinner rivals, uh, uh, not as good as Boma, but better than Crystal Palace, maybe, or maybe on par with Crystal Palace from a buffet standpoint. But. Aside from that, I, I just think the fact that you can leave Magic Kingdom on a monorail, ride straight into the middle of the hotel, and go eat at Chef Mickey's is a highlight for a kid. At least it was a highlight for me as a kid. So this is one where I just eat the atmosphere up. Yeah. Look, you think of hotels at Disney World. You think of the contemporary. That's right. I mean, this is the this is the perfect spot for this restaurant to be in. You've got, you know, you're in the quintessential Disney hotel. It's it's old, yeah, but it's quirky. It's it's very much Disney with the monorail. You've got the monorail whizzing by. You've got characters here. This is a standard Mickey breakfast or a standard Disney breakfast. That, the food here is okay. But, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere is incredible. And then the characters being here on top of that and the characters being who they are really adds to that. I got I got nothing negative to say about Chef Mickey's. Well, I respect that. I appreciate that because that's a big big fan favorite. It's a favorite of mine as well, so I, I appreciate that. Next one. and I mean, another just absolutely quintessential Disney experience. Cinderella's Royal Table. I mean, you're you're in the castle at Magic Kingdom. Like, you can't get any more, any more atmosphere than that, I don't think. Well, and it, and it starts from the second you enter the castle. Because, we, so... Uh, I'll tell a couple little tidbits here. You go to the waiting area. You, you get your little buzzer. They'll call your name. Once you walk into the castle, they immediately put you in line to take a picture with Cinderella. So, you know, your family goes through that, take a picture. That's great. Uh, then you go back and you're, you're kind of sitting in the waiting area. And they call the royal, you know, your last name family. The royal Tom family, if that was my last name. So you're just kind of totally in it. 
and you go up this tiny, tight spiral staircase, and then bang, you're in the middle of the castle. You have views of fantasy land. The music is awesome, and you have character meet and greets all over the place. Now, aside from the, you know, you look up at the ceiling, and it's it, you. You are legitimately in the castle. Like the, I, I don't know how to explain it other than you're in the castle. You know the 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 wait staff, the cast members there are fantastic. If you have children, they'll make a magical moment. And I'll tell you something, parents. I watched one of the Disney princesses. There was obviously a child that was just so excited to see them, and a Disney princess left our table because we weren't doing the whole meet and greet deal. Walked over to a little girl who was not eating her food, just running around the table, and said to her, "Hey, you know we're we're gonna come see you, but we need you to eat your dinner tonight." And once you finish your dinner, all the princes will come see you. I've never seen a kid eat food faster. Like it was just the way they managed the the crowd of the the crowds of the kids and the excitement. It really is a, a magical experience. And then you know if you're if you're somebody like our age and you're not really into the the princess meet and greets, the wait staff does a great job of making making you feel like it's okay to be an adult here. You know what do you what do you want? You want to eat quick? You want to eat slow? Like whatever. You know they'll make you they'll make you feel appreciated. They talk to you like you're an adult. You don't feel like you're a kid in there. So the staff just goes both ways. And then on top of that, the food and the desserts are unbelievable. There's a cool story behind them all. I mean, I, we didn't really want for anything. We had a great experience there, and we went uh, within the last year, about about eight months ago. And I, I just kind of, I rave about it. I mean, it, it was well worth two dining credits in my opinion. Uh, and if I didn't have those, I'd pay out of pocket for it. I think that's all that needs to be said there. And, you know, going hand in hand with this is the last restaurant on our list. And that's, that's be our guest. Again, similar experience. You're handed your buzzer when you check in, you go stand, stand outside the beast castle. And then the master calls, whatever your your party is in and you know you go in and, and you are in the beast castle uh, and and if you've never been to be our guest it, it really is walking into the uh walking into kind of the main ballroom is i mean it's like you're stepping into the movie this restaurant is popular and this restaurant is always crowded for a reason it, it used to be impossible to get a reservation here back when it was one uh, one table service credit it's significantly easier now. They've raised the cost a little bit to to try to control some of the crowds. I think the food is is great here, but this restaurant is absolutely incredibly themed. The Imagineers did a fantastic job of of really recreating Beauty and the Beast in in this uh, in this restaurant. So it really is an experience unto itself. You know, the only thing I'd add is just first time I walked into the West Wing and, and see the rows and, and the ballroom and the library. It just, it really inserts you into the movie. And I've only been for a quick service lunch. So I have not been for a dinner. I don't know the difference there, but the quick service lunch was, uh, you know, it's up there, it's up there with Satuli from a, from a theming standpoint. It might actually be the best themed quick service lunch. The food, it doesn't necessarily mean the food's the best in which we've tried to separate out of this, but, you know, it, it just it feels it feels like you're a part of the movie. You're kind of in the scene. Like you, when you walk into that restaurant, because there's so many people that want to get in and they can't get in because they don't have a reservation. When you walk into that, you just feel like you're in. You've been inserted into the Beauty and the Beast. You're into the castle. The only complaint I have is the fact that you know the castle is very miniature on top of that hill. I think Disney could have done a much better job there, but that's neither here nor there, and it's not a discussion for this episode. Yeah, I mean the ex the exterior is what it is, and, and you're right. It it does look very small, kind of perched up on uh, perched up on top of the hill there. But but look, once you get inside, all is kind of forgotten because it it really does feel like you are in the Beast Castle. So really quick, I've got one restaurant on here that is kind of an honorable mention. Neither one of us has been here. I went inside. Last time I was at Disney, uh, in the morning we went. We were over at Grand Floridian, but that's Victorian Alberts. I mean, look, this is the quintessential Disney dining experience. 
if you eat here, you're going to pay for it, but, but you're going to get the best of the best here. You know, I, I have not, as Pete mentioned, I have not had the chance to eat here. I can only speak for my friends who have. And, you know, of our, I wouldn't say our friends are of the unbelievably wealthy type, right? You know, they've spent the money and they've raved about it. They've said it was well worth it. So one day Pete or I or Matt will try this out. But as of now, I, I just know what I've heard. And I've heard it's an unbelievable experience. And Disney makes sure your money does not go to waste both from a satisfaction from a food standpoint, more importantly from a service, uh, the atmosphere, the level of, of attention you receive. You know, it's just uh, people rave about it. They do, and, f- and for good reason, right? I mean, it's, it is the most expensive and, and highest rated restaurant in, uh, at Disney World for a reason. All right, well, anything else, uh, anything else to say about that? No, I think that's it for me. All right, well, let's go to the secret and trivia question of the week. What do we got? So, secret of the night, did you know the rocks in Canada and Japan, and I'm obviously talking about the World Showcase and Epcot, are considered, quote-unquote, sharp rocks? And what does that mean? It means when Disney fireworks shows begin, the top of them will open, and that reveals both the sound and the lighting equipment necessary for the show. So this was most utilized in Illuminations, but I would assume it's going to be utilized in uh, the future Epcot shows. The Harmo- Is it Harmonics? It's it's escaping me now. The, the new Epcot one? Harmonious. Yep. Harmonious. I said Harmonics. So I would assume this will be utilized in Harmonious as well. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of a neat deal when you kind of look at Disney theming and you think, oh, it's great. The Rocks in Canada it looks fantastic. Actually, there, there's a purpose for them. So... Uh, that's kind of cool. Going to the trivia question of last week, what were the opening day attractions in Frontierland? Well, Frontierland was one of the lands that was part of the Magic Kingdom from opening in 1971. When the park opened, there were three attractions. There were Walt Disney World Railroad, a station for guests to enter and exit the land and see more of the land from the train, David Crockett's Explorer Canoes, and the Country Bear Jamboree. Did so, you ever go on those can- canoes, by the way? I did not. The The canoes are no longer in existence. They closed in 94, but the other two tr- attractions are obviously still there. I can remember going on those canoes in my first trip to Disney World. And legitimately, you paddled around in a canoe. You had like a, you had like a cast member sitting at the front guiding you, and you were, you were legitimately paddling canoes. I mean, I, I just can't believe how that would survive in today's world. It, it wouldn't, right? I mean, there's no, no way absolutely. You, could, you could do it, but- uh, that's kind of cool that you got to do it. So trivia question of this week. We're going to go back to Epcot with this one. When facing the totem poles in Canada, which one is real? So here's the way. When you're facing them, there's going to be one on the left, one in the middle, one on the right. There are three of them. Which one is real and which one, which two are not real? You can tweet us at WDW podcast or email us at mendoww at gmail.com Alright, well that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>